This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, uh, as we kind of said this morning, it's it's kind of a, a unique opportunity and situation tonight because not only is tonight the last service of the year, but it's the last service of the decade. We're closing out an entirely uh, former decade and opening up a new one. And, uh, you know, I was, I was just thinking back on, uh, man, 10 years ago and, and how much God's done in my life and done in, in our church in 10 years and all the just amazing things that we've seen the Lord do. So it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to think about, but, uh, and who remembers, who was around when the whole Y2K thing happened? Does anybody remember that? I was five years old at the time, and well, now I was a teenager. But anyway, but but it's, you know, that's that's nearly twenty years ago. Isn't that crazy? When everybody thought the whole world was going to come to an end, it's it's kind of it's funny to look back on. I remember counting down to midnight: five, four, three, two, one. But uh, wait, we're still here. Nothing happened. You know, the whole world didn't blow up. But anyway, it's kind of it's kind of funny that that's been twenty years ago. And, uh, and, and really if people had known, uh, what we know, uh, what I'm gonna talk about tonight, there would have been no fear anyway, because what we're talking about as we get into 2020 tonight is this, the title is, How to Make Jesus the Foundation of Your Life. How to Make Jesus Your Foundation. And, uh, for your viewing pleasure, I've got a beautiful winter-esque picture there with a, a snow-filled cabin. I took some time to, uh, track that down, but, but really, uh, you know, this isn't really deep, but I, but I want to get to something tonight that, because I find that most often what it is that's holding us back in life is not that we aren't getting the deep, heavy revelations that are supposed, it's usually that we're not doing the basics correctly. And, and really, there's so many aspects of life that boil down to that. It's not that you haven't grasped, you know, I've never been held back in life because I didn't have an amazing comprehension of physics and, and some deep, far out thing. I mean, that's good if you know that stuff, but that's never been a hindrance to me in life. But what has been a hindrance is, you know, back in the day when I didn't know, I didn't have enough discipline to wake up early enough to read my Bible and pray and give time to God. That's basic. That's not deep. But that type of stuff has held me back. And so many times Christians are looking for the next big, deep, heavy revelation and earth shattering, uh, you know, thing from God. And and really, don't worry about that stuff until you can start consistently doing the basics, reading our Bible every single day, like seven days a week, seven and a half, eight days a week, man. Every day the Christian needs to read their Bible. Man, well, do you think we should pray more? I think we should pray a lot more. I think that, you know, you mean like, what? but but on Sunday that doesn't count because we go to church and do our Bible reading and pray in there. I think you should still read your own Bible on Sundays outside of church and still pray even though you do it here on Sundays. We've got to get, I mean, it's little stuff. That's not deep. That's not heavy. That's not some earth-shaking revelation. But it's the basics, man, that seem to hold us back. And here we are just wanting God to give us something that he's never gave anybody before. But you couldn't handle it. We've got to be able to start getting this stuff down. And so what we're talking about tonight is how to make Jesus your foundation. Because who knows that any great thing, any mighty thing has to have some sort of a foundation. And, you know, as we've been looking at houses lately and stuff, it's real easy to pull up and, you know, see all the outside stuff. But but the truth is, is I mean, that stuff, the cosmetics is fixable. 
But if there's a bad foundation, you don't want anything to do with that place. And and uh, people can fool you. They may cosmetically have it all together, but their foundation is screwed up, and it's just a matter of time before they fall. You've got to have a foundation. But here's the reason why so many people don't have a good foundation. You want to know why? Because laying a proper foundation takes some time. You don't just get out there and, you know, well, here we scattered some quickcrete out there and let's get, let's get to the roof. Let's go. Let's get this thing up there, baby. No, I, it, it takes some time. You got to smooth it out. I mean, Michael probably is the latest foundation knows all about this stuff. Some of you guys have. I mean, you got, you want to do this right. You've got one shot at this thing before you start building upwards. You've got to do it right. And so Jesus gave us the, the most perfect instructions, a little three-step process here on how to make him the foundation of your life. This is not deep. This is not hard to understand, but it works. Who, If you're like me, you like simple things that work. Is there anybody, I mean, I want it, I want it basic, I want it simple. I found out that I can actually fix things if the YouTube video is less than two minutes. I mean, I feel like I could go build a, you know, a skyscraper. If you can show it to me in under two minutes and print the steps out, I got this. I, I mean, I've, I've been shocked at some of the things I've been able to fix lately because of YouTube. Because somebody can make it easy. Now, if you show me, you know, the instruction book that, you know, the neuroscientists wrote and, and all this stuff. And I mean, and if you, I, so have, have you ever tried to read like IRS documents and you're reading it and you're like, Oh my gosh, what is, what is this saying right here? Are, what, what are they talking about? I, I know some of these words, but I don't, I don't know this stuff. I, I don't like stuff like that. I like basic stuff that I can apply to my life. And that's what we're going to show you tonight, where Jesus showed us exactly how to make Him your foundation. Who's ready for this? Let's do this. We're heading into 2020 with our foot on the pedal. We're going full speed ahead. And so, uh, let's open in prayer, then I want to get here to where we're going, and we're going to open up in just a second. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much, Lord, for 2019, the great things you did for us. And Lord, I just as, as my dad said this morning, if it was the best year of our lives, praise God. If it was a mediocre year, praise God. If it was a rough year, praise God. We praise you through it all, Father, and you told us that in all things, to give thanks. And so, Lord, we give you thanks and we give you love and we give you respect, Father. We love you. We praise you. And as we open up our Bibles tonight for our, our final teaching of this year, for our final time together of studying this this year, Lord, I pray you'll anoint this. Lord, may your word not return unto you void and may it accomplish everything that you send it forth to do. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us what we need tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Let's go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Yes. Luke chapter 6. And a very familiar verse is Luke 6.38. But that's not where we're going, though. That is a good one. So pat yourself on the back if you were already quoting that in your head. Who was already quoting Luke 6.38 in their head? Okay. Very good. I tend to do that to someone, you know, someone will, you know, make up, you know, uh, tell us what chapter they're going to. And I'm like, man, I know what verse they're going to. I'll tell you right now. Then they go somewhere else, somewhere So Luke chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 46 through 49. Luke 6, 46 through 49. And this is the story of Jesus telling about laying the solid foundation, the wise man and the foolish man. And, I I mean, this is one of my favorite Bible stories because 
it is key to every single one of our lives. But it, right here, Luke 6, verse 46, Jesus says, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Doesn't that sound like about the worst ending? That's a sad, that's a sad ending right there. That their entire house that they worked on, their life, their everything, it collapses into a heap of ruins. Now, I mean, there is so many angles to approach this story right here. There's, I mean, I'm just sitting here looking at these verses, and I've got tons of stuff flying to me that we could, that we could go from. But one thing that I notice about, about these two guys here is they both had the exact same opportunity. They both, they both had a fresh start to build a house just like all of us. Well, I wasn't born into money. Who said anything about that? Well, I wasn't born into this. Who said anything about that? You were born again at some point, so you've got just as much chance to succeed in life as anybody else does. We're all, it's an even playing field when you've been born into the family of God. God has no favorites. He's no respecter of persons, the King James says. He, 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 we're all on the same playing field. In fact, it tells us that he's dealt to each person the measure of faith. We all start out with the same measure of faith even. I mean, some people choose to exercise that faith and they get really macho and strong in their faith. And some people are little weaklings because they don't feed it or exercise it. But we all start out on the exact same level. Nobody has an advantage over one other Christian at the beginning. Okay, And so these two guys, they both, same place. They're choosing to build a house. They're building a life. And then, coincidentally, both guys face a flood. Both guys face bad circumstances, but as we see, and, and I mean, you can even tell, as I'll explain later, they both followed some of the exact same steps, but one guy left part of it out. And so, we're looking at these guys, one guy collapses, one guy stands strong through it all. And I can super appreciate a good foundation. And, and all you parents in here that are raising your kids in church and in the ways of God, you are some of the best people on planet Earth, that you are so smart, you care so much about your kids, that you're helping them lay a foundation from childhood. You're incredible. That's awesome. I mean, that's I can't thank my parents enough for laying that foundation in my life in childhood, probably every single day, probably every single day, verses pop into my mind and 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 things that I was taught as a child. So many Bible verses that I don't even, I mean, I don't even realize that I know, but it's because my parents taught them to me as a child. I mean, here here's one example, because my dad believes so much in positive confession, and, and I do, and all of us should, but so much in it, growing up, if he ever were to sneeze, if he were to ever sneeze, the first thing that came out of his mouth was what, Josh? That's right. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. First Peter 2.24. If he ever had a cough, if he ever had a little sneeze, anything at all, we could be in public. <clears throat> By his stripes, I was healed. First Peter 2.24. People are like, 
Strike? What? What's this guy talking? Uh, they didn't know. They had no idea. But it works. Uh, his kid, I mean, I've got that verse in my heart, man, because my dad all the time. And what was he doing? He Maybe whether he realized it or not, laying a foundation for the kids to see. It's a lot better than, you know, a lot of dads coughing. <clears throat> oh, here we go again, man. It's always us. If it ain't one thing, it's another. My gosh. Every year. It's the worst. What? I would hate to grow up with that negativity, man. What? My gosh. So I'm telling you, man, we're laying the foundation. It takes time. But praise God for parents and grandparents that are in here that are doing it. They're helping their kids lay that foundation. And it's an incredible gift, the best gift that we could give. And so as we're looking at this, Jesus tells this story. And I don't know if you caught some of the things here. There's a lot in these couple of verses, but we're going to talk about how to make Jesus your foundation. So the first thing out of this story is this. Number one, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Now, and that's right there in verse 47. I just, I'll kind of review this. Verse 47, I'll show you what it's like when someone comes to me. And so, that's the very first thing he says when somebody comes to him. Now, the obvious thing that we can think of is when we initially come to Jesus for salvation. I mean, that's an obvious step, number one. And uh, I believe everybody here has, has, you've at least made that step where you've come to Jesus, you've stepped away from the world, you've stepped over to Jesus. That's obviously the biggest key to anything in this life. And so if you're a Christian, a born-again Christian, you've already done this. You've already come to the point in life where you've had to admit that you aren't strong enough. You are not your own foundation, right? I mean, some people try to make themselves be that, but who has found out that you don't make a very good foundation? You, I mean, you may be good looking, you could be a good door, or good shingles, or not, you know, maybe you're nice shutters or something, but you're a terrible foundation. You, you, are, you're not something. You don't want to build your life upon your own strength, upon your own intelligence, upon your own talents. Uh, that, that's not, that's not, that's a bad foundation. So, if you come to Jesus, you've already made him the Lord of your life, so to speak. Uh, but I, I want to take it a, a level deeper than that, because we can all kind of see that, the, the obvious surface level point right there. But but let's take it a step further, because I know a lot of people that may be Christians, they've received Jesus as Savior, but the fact of the matter is this, if they were to be honest, when trouble comes, they don't automatically go to Jesus with it, first of all. Now, I, I don't know very many Christians that would admit that to me, so uh, that's okay. But I know the truth, because a lot of people, they'll come to me for help. But, man, I tried this and that and this, and I went over there, and I talked to them, and I took this, and I did that, and I don't know what to do now. Do you have any ideas? Well, obvious, I mean, you, okay, you tried 20 other things. Let's give the God thing a shot here, Christian. So, <laughs> nobody would admit this, but it's the truth that... So many times, even if we've been a Christian or saved for so long, trouble strikes, and the first thing we do is go into problem-solving mode, and, okay, uh, I, I've got these resources over here, and, and I know this guy that knows that guy who's related to him because his uncle is a boss over there, and, and, and I could do this right here, and, and I'll bet if I were to ask him and just call these people and blah, 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 and you start trying to figure out every little detail of your situation and your problem, yourself now praise god for people that have skills and can get things done 
that's really good. But that is not making Jesus your first resort. You can agree if you want to or not agree, but it's just the absolute truth. The very first thing the born-again Christian should do is when trouble strikes, i got to get a hold of Dad right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm coming to you right now. Dad, i got to talk to you. I need some help right now. And sure, then, I mean, God can open up and, and, and give you, and you can start following the other steps of action. But let's get real. There's so many Christians that they've come to Jesus. They're a Christian, but they don't always come to Jesus when the storm strikes. And and it shows. It, it, it really starts to show after a while that, man, they just need to come to Jesus. And so let's look at Matthew chapter 11. Let's flip over there. Matthew chapter 11. You know, uh, me and dad always tell this joke all the time, but it's the truth. You know, there's these two old boys that are, you know, they're, they're out there and, uh, fishing one day and they kind of get into trouble. There's, there's a leak in the boat and so they start bailing water and then they start trying to plug it and then they start trying to do everything they can do and, 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 and they're, they're gonna sink and finally one guy's like, maybe we should pray. And the other guy says, has it come to that? Well, my gosh, we're in really bad shape if we're gonna have to pray now. And I mean, there's just there's a lot of people. It's a funny joke. But seriously, we try everything else. And like, wait a minute, maybe we should pray. <gasps> Is it that bad that we're going to have? Listen, prayer's the first thing, brother. Prayer's the first resort. We go to Jesus first of all, and then we can see what to do next. What do you do? You trust in the Lord with all your heart. You lean not to your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. What about Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. But there seems to be a great prominence in the scripture placed upon seeking Jesus first before anybody else. Before anything else, God seems to find it very important that we go to him first of all. So Matthew chapter 11 Verse 28, story of Jesus here. Then Jesus said, come to me. Wait a minute. I, I seems like I've heard him say this before somewhere. Wait, I did. It was in Luke chapter 6, verse 47, when he said, I'll tell you what it's like when somebody comes to me. So, same Jesus, same Bible, same thing. He says, come to me. Just come to me. Who? All of you. Who are weary and carry heavy burdens. So I can tell you how naughty you've been. So I can tell you you deserve this. You brought this off. No. And I will give you rest. How many know it's a good thing to have rest? I'm not even just talking about taking a good nap. Those are great. But listen, I'm talking about having the rest that Jesus promises when we've been carrying a heavy load, when we've been carrying a burden on our shoulders, and Jesus sees us out there wandering around, trying to figure it out, being stupid, and He says, oh, stop it. Come to Me. All you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, come to Me, give them to Me, and and I will give you rest. And then, what's this next verse say? He says, take My yoke upon you. Take My yoke. Let Me teach you, because I'm humble and, and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Well, let's just dig into that word for a minute. Soul. Uh, you've been here. 
What what is what is your soul? Somebody tell me. Mind, will, and emotions. And he says right here that he he's humble, he's gentle at heart, and if you come to him, you will find rest for your souls. Well, what what is that? We could also say you will find rest for your emotions. You will find rest for your mind. You've been having thoughts come at your mind all day long. Jesus says, come to me. You'll find rest. I'll quiet your mind. You'll find rest for those from those thoughts. You'll find rest for your mind. You'll find rest for your will. I just don't have the willpower I use. You'll find rest for your will if you come to Jesus, if you'll lay those burdens at his feet. So what are we talking about making Jesus the foundation? Verse 30, he says, For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And you know, we, we yoke obviously isn't a word that most of us are very familiar with. As a kid, you know, they the Bible, especially the King James, talks about yokes all the time. I'm like, man, I'm getting hungry. Scramble me up some eggs, brother. Come on, you know, give me a Denver omelet. So, but, but no, that, that that's a farming term from way back in the day when a yoke was a device that you could hook two oxen together with and they would be evenly teamed up. And and so when you're yoked with someone, you know, and the Bible talks about don't be unequally yoked with somebody. Because if you're unequally yoked, then one person's going to be dragging the other guy around or or dragging the other one down, and it's never going to work. You need two people that are equally yoked and hooked up. And Jesus says, if you'll hook up with me, it's going to be easy for you. Uh, my, my burden is light. You're going to find rest for your soul. I will quiet the storm if you'll come to me. But so many times we're out there floundering, running around in the storm. What's going on? And stop. Come to me. That's step number one. But I, man, I've come to Jesus. I've been saved for 50 years. Shut up and come to Jesus. Just do it. Just come to Jesus. You came to him, but now come to Jesus. You, you, you see what we're talking about here? That so many people, they're out there wondering what to do. Well, Jesus wants you to bring it to him come to him not get everybody else's advice come to him and that brings me to the second thing jesus said we're talking about laying the right foundation number one you got to come to him number two the second thing he said in luke 6 is listen to my teaching what's his teaching it's it's his word we could say it that way listen to my word listen to my teaching and this is the next step in really making him the foundation of your life. Now, one thing about effective communication is one person talks and the other listens. When only one person talks all the time, it really doesn't get anywhere, right? Anybody want to say amen to that? Okay. Yeah. So it takes it's a back and forth thing. And I like one thing that Brother Hagen said. He's like, yeah, sometimes people talk to him and, and he didn't, he didn't, he, he's like, I do more listening than I do talking. Why is that? Because, well, I already know everything I know. I might as well listen to what you know. Maybe I'll learn something new. But if, if you're just talking all the time, you're just, you already know everything you know. Why don't you listen to what somebody else knows and maybe we'll get somewhere here. That's what Brother Hagen said. But, but here we are. And what we're, Jesus is talking about listening to him. Well, a lot of people are really good about blasting all their problems to Jesus, and we should bring them to Jesus. Not a thing in the world wrong with that. But 
the second step that he said is, listen to me. Come to me. Tell me all about it. That's fine. But then listen to my teaching. Listen to my teaching. Listen to my word. And I heard, well, I read this the other day. Somebody said this. This is good. Don't say God has been silent when your Bible has been closed. Man, I had some guy that used to come here. He used to say that junk to me. Man, God's being silent. I'm mad at God. Man, your Bible's been closed. Don't say God's not speaking. God's speaking every day to millions of people everywhere. Those of us that open this up every day, we hear from God every single day. There's not a day of the week that I go by that I don't hear from Jesus. He talks to me every single day. Well, God is being silent. No, he's not. He's not. You're yakking a bunch and you're complaining and crying a bunch, but you're not listening. You're not even opening his letter to you. You're not even opening the Bible. So don't give me the God being silent when your Bible hasn't even been open. Come on. That's the, that's the truth of the matter. So, well, Jesus is my foundation, but he never talks to me. Yes, he does. There's several ways that he can talk to you. And, and, and so he says, someone that comes to me, number one, and listens to my teaching, number two, this is a person that's starting to lay the right foundation. So how do we listen to Jesus? Well, the biggest way, step number one to that is reading our Bible. He wrote an entire letter to you. It's 66 books long, and it's, it's huge. It's a great letter with all the instructions you're ever going to need. It's right there. He speaks. He wrote you. He wrote you the Bible. That's that's really the best gift of all time, right there. But how's another way that that he speaks to us? Well, by being at church, he's speaking to you tonight. I mean, he's. I'm just up here doing this, but Jesus is the one speaking. I'm just reading scripture. Jesus speaks to us when we gather together. What was our theme verse of 2019? Hebrews 10:25. Don't neglect your meeting together as some people do. You know, the King James says, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. Why? He says, encourage each other, warn each other, especially now that the day of his return is is, is coming. And so a uh, one big way that he speaks to us is through being at church. Romans 10, 17. I'm going to have him put it up there, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say most of you know this verse also. Romans 10, 17. So how does God speak to us? Through his word is the biggest way. And then Romans 10, 17, say it with me. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, how are you going to get faith? By hearing and hearing the word of God. And so I, I encourage us, and I've said this, and I know many of you do this, but we have so much opportunity to get God's word into our life on a daily basis now. I mean, it's with modern technology and everything else, the access that we have to the word of God to have a constant stream into our lives is absolutely incredible. So being at church is huge. You've got to read your Bible on your own. But how about you take some of your phone time and listen to sermons, man? I mean, I'm listening to preaching for hours a day. I, you know, I've got to drive to Victorville and back twice a day. I'm not sitting there staring out the window. I mean, I'm listening to preaching. I'm listening to, to good, I'm listening to the audio Bible as much as I can nonstop cramming the Word of God into my heart and into my mind and into my life because that's how faith comes 
by hearing the word of God. And I don't I don't want to waste any time, man. If I'm awake, if, if I'm asleep every night, man, seven days a week, 365 days a year, 2020 is going to have a leap year. So I'll just add that extra day and do it 366 days next year. Listen, every night going to sleep with preaching on all night long. And man, I sleep really good, really good. And I know I know so many of you can say the same thing. I don't ever have trouble sleeping because I put that preaching on or put the Bible on. Me and uh, Katie found that there's this lady on YouTube that, that reads these Bible verses with like this soothing music in the background. I hit play on that and I'm like, oh man, I just, it's like, it's like a hot shower. It's, it's, it's whatever, you know, whatever it is for you, but it's, it's incredible, man. And that lady's just speaking scripture into our hearts and minds all night long. I wake up feeling like a winner. I go to bed feeling like a winner. I love life because the word of God is nonstop coming in. And it's it's hard to get depressed. It is hard to get it's hard to experience some of the things that we used to experience when you've got that much word on a constant basis coming into your life. Jesus said, come to me, listen to my teaching or listen to my word and then we saw that Romans 10:17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and I want to look at something else here in Luke chapter 10 let's flip over there Luke chapter 10 that if you're going to move forward at all in life you've got to start hearing and listening to Jesus teachings and to the word of God you know, I think about it this way. Some people are like, well, I, I, you know, I struggle with that and, and it's hard. Imagine that Jesus walked into this room right now. Imagine you go home tonight and Jesus comes over and he just wants to hang out at your living room and talk to you for a while. Jesus sits down there, you know, you make some coffee, you get some, you know, donuts or whatever, or whatever snack you got. You know, Leah probably got celery stick or something. That's good. That's cool. So anyway, you know, you, you sit down there. You've got Jesus, a captive audience, right? captive on you and you've got him right there at your house and he's like i just want to talk to you do you have an hour can i just talk i mean my gosh what would our response be i don't care who calls what ball game's on what's going on in this world don't you dare try to get a hold of me right now leave me alone doesn't that sound like it'd be awesome we have that opportunity every day because Having your Bible is the exact same thing. Really? Absolutely. John 1 tells us that Jesus is the Word. So, don't sit there and say, man, well, if He was here in person, I'd really listen. No, you wouldn't. You probably wouldn't. If you, if you don't, if you don't have the revelation that having your Bible is Jesus' holy Word, is Jesus spending time with you, you know, I think about the rich man and Lazarus, this story that Jesus told. And, and, and the rich guy, he's down in hell and he's begging Jesus, if you would just send somebody, send Moses or one of the prophets to go, send somebody to go reach my brother and, and tell them what's going on here. And Jesus said, nah, not going to do it. No, uh, they've, they've got the written word already. If they won't listen to the teachings of Moses and Abraham and the prophets, but they already have, they wouldn't listen if somebody came back from the dead and talked to them. They won't listen. I'm like, jeez, Jesus? Wow. 
And so, so many times we think, well, if it was like this, I'd really do it. Probably not. If, if we won't discipline ourselves enough to make time for the word and, 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 and come to Jesus and listen to his teachings that he straight wrote out for us. Because it's nice when someone tells you something, but when they even write it down word for word for you, and you can take your time to really, I mean, that's nice too, to have it already written down black and white, how much better could it get? And so, Jesus does show up to your house every day. He does show up and want to sit down on the couch with you and, and, and talk to you and spend some time. But do we make that time? Do we go there? Do we allow him to do his work in our life? Do we? you got to get there, man. What are we talking about? Laying the right foundation. So you got to come to Jesus. We've all done that. But then you got to listen to his teaching. And so here we are. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. So what, what, what's she doing? What's Mary doing? She's listening to the teachings of Jesus. Where have I heard this before? Oh, wait a minute. It was Luke chapter 6 where Jesus said, people need to come to me and listen to my teaching. And so here we have yet again another example of someone doing exactly what Jesus said. She comes, sits at his feet, listens to his teaching, verse 40, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Now, it seems like Jesus would say, you know what, you're right, Martha, this is unfair. You've been treated harshly. Mary's been in here selfishly sitting at my feet, listening to my teachings, and you're out there doing all the work. Bad Mary, bad Mary, bad girl, no, no, no. Get up, get away from your time with me, and you go clean that kitchen now. Did Jesus say that? No. I mean, doesn't that seem like the fair and logical thing to do? It's not fair that one person's doing all the work. And there's so many Christians living their lives this way today. They're out here doing all this work and burden. And there's this, you know, sister so-and-so is over here just full of joy all the time, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his teachings, and, and then doing exactly what he said. That's not fair. Nobody should be that happy. Nobody should have it. Nobody should get it. What they, this, is, this is not fair. Why is she like that? Well, Jesus said, anyone that comes to me, listens to my teaching, and that's exactly what we've got going on here. And so Martha comes in and blows up on Jesus about uh, Mary just being lazy and listening to Jesus and spending time with the Word. Because that's what she was doing, spending time with the Word. But look at this here in verse... Uh, where am I at here? Oh, okay, the middle of this one. So tell her to come here and help me. Verse 41... But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. Now, pause. It's good to be a detail person. I, a lot of you guys, right? My, Katie's a good detail person. How many in here you would call yourself a detail-oriented person? Good for you. We love you. I are not one, okay? <laughs> That's not, I mean, but 
but we need you guys. It just seems like sometimes uh, it takes a little bit of extra effort for you to, to, to just be able to let go of stuff and and choose, you know what, I'm going to walk away from this and, and go sit down at the feet of Jesus for a minute. Detail people are great, and we need all of them, but right here Martha was stressed out. She was having anxiety and panic over this big dinner at hand, and Jesus says, Martha, 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 Marty. <laughs> no, he didn't go there, but Martha, listen, listen, you're worried, you're upset. These are just details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. And so basically, Jesus just said, I'm not going to tell Mary to stop. There's one thing that's really necessary and important here right now. She found out what it is, and I'm not going to stop her from it. So, I mean, I've gone through this before, but think about this. Was it bad that she, Martha wanted to be a gracious host? That, I mean, you have Jesus in your house. You want to, you want to put on a good meal. You want to, you want it to be a pleasant evening, right? Uh, there, it wasn't bad what she was doing, but Jesus said only one thing was really needful or necessary at the moment. So how many times in our life are there a lot of okay things that we've got going on, but there's really only one thing at, at the moment that's necessary? So I could get up. I could spend some time with Jesus. I could, you know, get my Bible out. I could pray. I could, spend time in the Word for my first hour of the day, or I could go out and start pulling the weeds outside the front door. I could clean up last night's dinner. I could, you know, there's all these things. But if you're laying a foundation, sometimes you got to say, I'll get to the things in a little bit, but one thing's necessary right now. I have got to spend time with the Word. Why? Because Jesus said, you got to come to me. you got to listen to my teaching and then the third thing is this this is so simple so jesus made this he broke this down so simply for us come to me listen to my teaching and then the third thing he said is and then follow it then follow it this is luke 6 47 he says i'll show you what it's like when someone comes to me listens to my teaching and then follows it i found out that there's a lot of people that will come to Jesus, they'll be a hearer of the word, but then they don't actually follow it and do the word. Now, this and, and rewinding back to the two guys that built the house and had the storm, both guys came to Jesus, both guys listened to some word, but only guy number one obeyed the word. So the other guy was sort of kind of sort of on the right track, but he wasn't a doer of the word. And so this guy, number one, that had the house that survived the storm, came to Jesus, listened to the word, and then actually did it. Now, I cannot tell you the the most frustrating thing that I found out of being a pastor now, 12 years, a lot of that with teenagers, a lot, some of it with adults, the single most frustrating thing is somebody comes to you and wants advice, wants, and, and it's, clear as day how to fix their situation you give them scripture and godly instruction and then they never do it telling you now as a pastor i will love you until we all get to heaven someday but if you do that to me too many times i will quit making i will quit laying aside my entire day to help you out and that sounds harsh and mean but i have been burned so many times 
with people that, oh, it's an emergency. Oh, God, what am I going to do? And you, okay, well, here's five scriptures that tell you exactly what to do. Do these, and then we'll go from there. Talk to them a week later. Huh? You, what script? What are you talking about? I love you. I'll always be there for you. But if you do that so many times, there will come a point in time where I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll get to you, okay? But on the other hand, somebody that will come for help and they will actually, I'm not talking about me giving my psychological advice. I don't do that. That's about as worthless as chicken poo poo. I'm not, that's stupid. I don't got nothing for you there. But if I can give you scripture, you come to me for help and I can clearly give you scripture that clearly tells you what to do and you will follow through on that scripture, I will drop everything in the world pretty much to come and help you and do what I can for you. So, you know, there's one guy that I'm, I'm personally doing SPT for right now. And I love this kid because he keeps doing everything that I'm showing him out of the Bible to do. Everything. He is growing leaps and bounds. It's insane. But ever, I keep telling him stuff to do from the Bible. He does it every single time. And so, you know, the other day I told him, okay, here's the goal for today. You're gonna, we're working on speaking scripture. So I've got him, there's two verses he has memorized. We're starting from scratch. Two verses, Philippians 4.13 and 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and sound mind. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me. He knows two verses, but he speaks them all the time. And so at his work the other day, somebody comes in. He's in the customer service industry. Someone comes in and just, it was, I think it was Christmas Day, just chewing him out, blast some customer, just blasting him to pieces. And so he starts, he only knows two verses, so he just starts quoting him out loud. He starts, starts... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do. Well, what are you doing talking to? But the lady blows up on him. I'm just speaking my favorite Bible verse. That's and I'm like, you know, that may sound silly and that may have seemed like, well, it's probably not the best time. But listen, I love this because this kid has come for godly counsel, come for wisdom, and then when Scripture was given to him, he actually does it. Someone like that can go somewhere. Not starting, not starting from, he's not starting from the tenth story of the building. He's starting from the basement level, but he's getting somewhere because he comes to Jesus, listens to the teaching that's provided, and he's one of the few people that actually does it. I can do, somebody like that, the sky's the limit right there. I mean, there's no telling how far somebody like this can go. Another young man that wanted me to, you know, be this mentor in his life. I mean, I would lay aside time, take time out of my day, you know, lay everything down and go meet up with him somewhere. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying and trying to get wisdom. I'm, I mean, I'm taking my time to invest into this guy's life. Would never, not one time ever follow any of the godly Bible wisdom and advice that I was never, not one time ever. And I'm like, you know what? I love you. I quit. I can't do nothing with somebody like that. You know, the person eventually didn't stick around and took off down the road, and that's fine because I it, uh, what, that person is reckless with no foundation. Somebody like that, that that you know, they want to. There's people that want to serve Jesus, so they want the blessings, but they drew up the contract. Jesus, I hear that you can do this, this, and this. I want it. I want all of it. Here's the terms. 
I do this when I feel like it. I will do this as I choose. I will forgive those that I feel deserve it. I will do this and I will do that. Here's my terms of me, sir. And they would never, again, they would never admit this and they would never comprehend it. But that's exactly what they've done. They want to serve Jesus on their terms and then wonder why Jesus truly isn't the foundation of their life. When we are reaching a place of maturity in Christ, it's come to the place where we come to Jesus, listen to his teaching, and then follow it. We're serving Jesus on his terms. He says, you don't go there anymore. Never, not, consider it done, not going. He says, you do go over here now. I'm there. Consider it done. I need you to go do this. Wait, uh, hey, I'm there. Serving Jesus on his terms. Making him the Lord of our life. That's trusting in the Lord with all your heart, leaning on of your understanding and all of your ways and all of him, and he will direct your paths. And man, does he do a good job. Wow, does he do a good job. And so, we're talking about making Jesus the foundation. Come to him, listen to his teaching, and then obey his teaching, follow his teaching. He says that you're like a person that builds their house on the solid rock. And um, verse 46 there, again, I'm not going to go into detail on this, but this verse is just always striking to me. Luke 6, verse 46, when he says, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Very apparently, Jesus isn't somebody's Lord until they actually do what he says to do. Right? He's there, He could be your Savior. He could be a guy that you're fond of and cool with and, and you admire. But he is definitely not your Lord until he's calling the shots in your life. John 14.15. Check this out. John 14.15. Something else that Jesus said. John 14.15. We're talking about following his teaching. Oh, I love the Lord with all my heart, brother. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Well, John 14.15. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. You can't really sit there and say you love Jesus if you don't obey his commandments. According to Jesus, I mean, but I, man, I know so many people, so many people. I love the Lord with all my heart, man. Love him. Oh, he's, he's my everything. He is my all in all. But they, I mean, they live in blatant, obvious disobedience to the word of God. So either Jesus was not telling the truth in John 14, or this person is not telling the truth. But what I think it really is, is they believe they're telling the truth, but they're deceived. Well, why would they say that? I'm going to just drive the nail in right here. James 1.22, final verse of the night. James 1.22. So there are genuine people that really do believe they love Jesus with all their heart, soul, strength. There's some people that really believe that, though they 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 don't, but they believe they do. Well, how, why would they say they do that? James 1.22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So, notice this verse says doers. So, this is somebody that's came to Jesus, obviously, and they've heard the teaching, but they didn't do it. There's a lot of people that hear the word. They're a hearer only, but they're not a doer. 
what you need to do in your life is you need to surround yourself. You need to have a circle around you of people that are doers. You need to surround yourself with people that are doers, not people that are hearers, not people that are talkers, not people that that are whatever. But if I just had a circle around me of people that were straight up doers of the word, man, we could conquer some battles, man. We could we could charge some cities. We could tear some walls down. We could we could get some mountains out of the way if we had some people that were doers. But there's so many Christians that are deceiving themselves because they hear the word. They've come to Jesus. They've heard it, but they don't do step number three, and that's be a doer. Follow his teaching. So what is it we're talking about? We're talking about laying the right foundation for 2020 and beyond and for every day of our lives. Well, how did Jesus say you lay a foundation? It's three simple steps. You come to Jesus, you listen to the word, and then you simply do the word. When you do this, Jesus said, it's, you're a person that you built your house on solid rock. Storms are, storms come. He didn't say there'll never be storms. Storms come, but when the storm passes, the house is still standing rock solid, man. You could have a whole neighborhood wiped down all around you, but you're still strong, standing firm. Why? Because of the right foundation. So that's my massive encouragement to you tonight. Come to him. Listen to the word, but most importantly of all, do the word. Follow his teaching and Watch the doors fly open, man. Watch the the, the, the the ceiling just burst as you go higher than you've ever gone in your life in 2020. Amen? All right, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.